I'm back. It's been a while. I'm Claire Tonti and I'm your host. And this podcast is called Just Make the Thing for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. This week, I wanted to read you a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. It's a letter to fear. And fear, for a lot of reasons, which I'll talk about later, has really got the better of me over the last few weeks. But this letter helps. So here it is. Fear. Dear old fear. I recognise and respect that you are part of this family. And so I will never exclude you from our activities. But still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat. You're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. Fear has definitely been uh, in my driver's seat over the last few weeks. One of the reasons I think is that I suddenly started to feel really vulnerable. I realized I was putting my ideas out into the world and that's kind of scary and it felt huge. I think what triggered it was that our site Planet Broadcasting had a pretty major security breach and I received some pretty scary emails. I won't go into more than that, but it just threw me for a loop. I know this happens to so many organisations and to people all the time and trolling and all of that stuff is something that seems to just be part and parcel of being online and putting stuff out there. So I've got some perspective and we're all back under control with the help of so many awesome people and especially our indomitable editor, Raw Collings. So with that said... I got that old familiar stuck feeling, which I thought I'd kick to the curb after a year of making this show, rear its ugly old head. And boy, that stuck feeling got me. It got me with procrastinating back-to-back episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and scrolling Instagram mindlessly and eating chocolate and just avoidance. Avoidance of emails, avoidance of writing, avoidance of thinking about podcasting. Anywho, If this sounds familiar to you, rest assured, I'm here and you're totally not alone. But I had an epiphany this morning when I woke up. That stuck feeling, that feeling of procrastination is actually just our old pal, family, familiar friend, Fear. So I went back to my Liz Gilbert book and me and Fia have had a long chat. We've had a coffee and we've come to an agreement. You can't ever get rid of fear because fear helps you with your creativity. But if you let it control your decisions and control your life, nothing gets made because your fear of things being perfect, of judgment, of what other people are going to say, just takes over. I also luckily have a wonderful friend, Chanel Lechev, who is brilliant for bouncing all this stuff off. So she has moved around the corner over the last few weeks, which is even more exciting. And in this episode, we talk about all the things that we're creating right now and our frustrations and annoyances. I hope it all helps you if you need a debrief too. Big love to you, my friend. For the love is the opposite to the fear. And I think it's where the joy and the laughter and the making things and the unstuckness of our lives lives. So be friends with fear, but lean into the love. Okay, here we go. Chanel, Luchev and me on Just Make The Thing. 
Hello. 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 We are here in your brand new house, Chanel. Yes. My brand new house that's a little bit old and which I love. I'm starting to love more and more, except I've decided I hate the lights. Yeah, they are very, like, old lady lights. Yeah, very <laughs> old lady. not that bad at all, but they just are, but yeah, they're the ones that you would see in your grandma's house. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which at one point was super high fashion and cool. Well, there's a lovely, apparently there's a very lovely lady that lives on this street and her name is Jan and she's lived here for 50 years. Uh, she met Goran the other day and I think that Jan may have these lights in her head. <laughs> Welcome to our suburb where everybody comes here and lives the rest of their life out. I mean, that's kind of sweet though. I kind of like the idea of people being so happy in a community that they never want to go anywhere else. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? I like that too. I used to hate the idea of putting down roots. Mm. I used to feel like that would make me feel trapped. Yeah, and stuck a bit, yeah. yeah. And then I would travel the world forever Mm. being interesting and cool and Mm. drinking in bars and adventuring. Mm-hmm. And then I hit my 30s and I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I love the idea of a nice bed. Oh, me and a too. cup of tea. Uh, it just, it's wonderful music Isn't to it? my ears. Exactly. Yeah. And I also do think that it's a, just another way of adventuring. Yeah. You know, when you're making things. So today we just, we're we were talking about what to talk about mm. and we wanted to look at all the things that we're making right now mm-hmm. at this moment mm-hmm. in what, it's March in 2019. Oh, my God. This year's gone by so quickly. It has. And I feel like this podcast is becoming a bit of a time capsule. Yeah, it is. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Well, I like the idea of one day, uh, maybe no one else will be interested, but we'll <laughs> listen back. And go, remember when you were pregnant and yeah. you moved into your house? <laughs> and, and you wanted to tear your hair out and you thought, is this the greatest test of my relationship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, moving. Moving and making things, particularly... Babies oh my God. is so full on for your relationship. <laughs> it's so full on on so many levels. Okay, so oh. what has moving house and making a baby, like how far along are you now in your pregnancy? So I am officially, I've been in my third trimester for about a week and a half now, so 29 and a bit weeks. I, I felt like you were going to say, I've been in the third trimester forever. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. Years. I think I'm actually... I think I've finally, like, officially finished growing outwards and now I'm just growing forwards. (laughs) And so every time I go to the physio, she's like, oh, Chanel, you've had a growth spurt. I'm like, I know. My God. Do you know what actually I said to Gordon the other day? I was like, what's happening to my belly button? It's getting smaller and smaller. I'm like, it's going to pop out. And then I don't know what's going to happen. I can't be responsible for what happens after that. Yeah, what happens once it pops? There's nowhere else for it to go. Oh, mate. (laughs) Don't worry. You look beautiful. Thanks. You do. But it is really funny because there are some women who, like my friend um, Ellen from the Millennial Mm. Divide, who was pregnant and just had this like little bump and it just was adorable all the way up until she had her baby and then almost immediately was like skinnier than when she started because she was breastfeeding so much. And she's like eating brownies all the time being like, I don't know what's happening. I've never been so skinny. I'm like, (laughs) I hate you because I look like I'd swallowed a basketball and then three basketballs and then a basketball team. And I would like knock people over 
<laughs> and I just am convinced that it's different people's bodies. It is. It is. It's it. totally. It's, it's. I reckon that's exactly what it is. And it's like it's dependent on your like your anatomy, the size, literally the size of what your torso was beforehand. Yeah. And my physio is like Chanel to have a normal sized child. She's like, you have to grow forward. There's nowhere else to Correct. go. <laughs> science, science. Yeah. It's science, Chanel. Yes. You it have is. to grow forward, yeah. and you're a little person. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, the baby needs room. Yeah. To, you know to grow. Yeah. Grow. Exactly. Well, exactly. That's what I keep telling myself. And also, so, your husband is ginormous. He is, and that's the other thing that scares me because I'm like, what if it just, what if it just can't come out? Well, I guess that's what cesareans are for, right? Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I mean, I've never had one, but mm. I would recommend a Caesar yeah. <laughs> from hearing from all my friends. And earlier, one of my friends' mums, this is back in like, would have been the 80s mm. where things were different and yeah. women could just say things about like their babies and I don't know. There was less judgment. There was less judgment. You were less likely to be Correct. trolled every, on social media yeah, for everyone every comment was you having made. microwave meals mm. and drinking formula and that was fine. Her mum had six kids and she was saying that she opted to have a cesarean and make sure you have it at 37 weeks before the baby gets too big so you can fit back into your <laughs> at your clothes straight away. Oh, and I love so it. she would like go to her doctor and he would be like, when your due date is in like three weeks. She's like, no, I'm having my baby this week. <laughs> Because otherwise the baby gets too big. So And I have an outfit planned and I just won't be able to fit into it if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. I Whereas I have respect. maybe four or five work things left that fit me. And I refuse on principle to buy any more. So I don't know what I'm gonna do if I get much bigger than this. I keep saying that. I can't be that much bigger. Surely I can't get that much bigger. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I know. It's one of those things, isn't it? So what has it taught you at the moment? Like how are you getting through moving house and Mm -hmm. having a baby being pregnant in your third trimester Um, and still uh, being civil to your husband and like keeping everything together? Well, the civility, well, I will look, we are fairly civil to each other. This week's been very stressful. We settled like six days ago and have been moving ever since. And like most people, when you're moving your life from one destination to the next, you don't realise how much nonsense you have until you have to put it all in boxes and then move it. Um, So that's been fun. And then just stuff's been breaking. You know, like just things get broken in the course of moving. Correct. Or things you rely on to be a certain way just aren't. So that's been fun. Um, I find a lot of deep breathing works quite well. Oh, yep, yeah, and also just having really yummy things in the house. I know that's probably not a very sensible idea to sort of eat your feelings, but sometimes a, like a glazed donut just goes down really well. I love eating my feelings. <laughs> that's my favourite thing to do. I've been eating my feelings a lot this week. Other weeks of my cycle, because we yeah. talked about hormones yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. I had, a, I had this theory that... You normally, like for me anyway, my hormone cycle, there would be points in the week, in the month, mm. where I have like so much energy and feel really mm. good and everything. And then when your estrogen rises and then your progesterone plummets or whatever, you feel like really gross. And then you kind of end up feeling very loved up for a while yeah. and just want to eat everything delicious. Mm-hmm. I feel like I spent most of my pregnancy in the high estrogen, <laughs> eat everything delicious, sort of progesterone up and just like being really sort of... Yeah, but it was bad because then yeah. I just ate. But then I just think you listen to your body, and if that's what you feel like, yeah, go yeah. For it. I mean, uh, yeah, I've kind of, I've sort, of, I've had to sort of let go of worrying too much about what I eat because 
I tried to be sort of very controlled or something and it just didn't work for me. So I just figure – I because I actually said to Gore and I was like, do you know what? I finished work in six weeks and then you know what? In ten weeks there's going to be an extra person, like another human being around. He's like, holy crap. That's very soon for both of us. And I just figure I'll deal with it all in ten weeks' time. Like right now I don't have the emotional capacity to try and also – rain in eating and moving house and all the other stuff as well. No. Yeah. There's too many things that we carry in our heads. Oh, my God. So crazy. often. Don't you think? Yeah, I think and I've taken to writing a whole bunch of lists, which is good, but then also you get overwhelmed by the number of lists. Mm. Yeah. And then sometimes the lists overlap and, yeah. And then you forget, oh, there's a dog in the background. Yes. Not podcast dog. No. Um, <laughs> Not today. No. Yeah, because the lists overcome the li- and then you can yeah. get really – you lose the list. Yeah. Oh, then, God help you when you yeah, lose the list. Correct. I know. It's really intense. Yeah. I reckon I – what would I – what did I do to move that helped me? Uh, no, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really hard <laughs> until it wasn't hard. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get settled. Like you get – it's like anything, right? Yeah. It sucks and then you get settled and then you get nice things from Kmart. And yeah. <laughs> it's that creative itch thing, yeah. right? The mm. frustration you thing. Yeah. That, like I that's what I hated the most about moving. And actually, even the end of pregnancy, it was this creative frustration y thing where mm. you're in the messy middle bit. Like you're sort of between mm. things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and to push to have things finished or to have like the nursery done or your baby or yeah. like the house done. You've got to like just head down and keep pushing through all of that frustration. But then mm. there's always things like life things like work and family and friend commitments and exercise and groceries that kind of also get in the way and energy levels yeah. getting in the way of you completing something. Yeah, Does definitely. That make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I find that really hard. We're actually at that point, we had sort of two strange things happen mm. this week. This week, one was that well, our studio was finished out the back, as in it, it now just looks like a room. So it, it was a garage mm-hmm. because we're building a podcast studio and a YouTube like filming set in our backyard. And in typical my husband James, Mr. Sunday Movies fashion, <laughs> he organized like he had all this idea of what he wanted it to be. And when we bought a house, that was the first thing he wanted. He didn't look at anything else when we moved in. He's just like, does it have a space at the back for me to have my studio? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yes, but also it has toilets and mm-hmm. working things. And like I've got a building inspection and the house is good for electricals. And he was like, yeah, but the studio. <laughs> and so the studio, there was a garage out the back in a little shed thing. It was really nice. And we so we've converted it. But it's meant but he was just kind of waiting around for me to organise it, yeah. which is kind of how our relationship works and mm. that's fine. I'm happy with that because I quite like organising things. But I realised I've coordinated all the builders, I've got all these electricals, we got the floor plan, we got all the soundproofing put in and now it's just a room <laughs> with doors and windows and walls <laughs> and paint and carpet mm-hmm. but there's nothing else in there yeah. and it occurred to me that, we need to now put things in there like equipment and mm. desks and couches and, you know, set it up, set up his set and all the things that he wants to do. But he's still just waiting for it to appear. I see. Like some kind of – and so is Mason, the other oh. part of the podcast. Like they say things to me like we want a foosball table and we want dartboards <laughs> and then Mason's like, yeah, and I want the backdrop to look a certain way and I want this and I want that. 
And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay, right. Well, but what do you, like, who's going to do that? Me? Okay, cool. How? I've never built a YouTube set before. I don't know anything about podcast microphones and equipment. And so it's one of those things, but. I'm starting to get excited again now. Now that my teeth are finished and mm. that whole malarkey is over, um, I'm starting to get excited now about trying to build something that I've never built before Yeah, again. But um, I'm a bit yeah. frustrated because it's not already done. Well, there is a bit of – like there is so much excitement in creating something but then there's obviously a whole bunch of anxiety too and especially when people re- like – get used to relying on you to make – you make the choices that are responsible and the outcomes are always good. So they're like, I've never done this before, but they'll know what they're doing. It'll be fine. Yes. It'll be fine. That's what James always says to mm. me. He's like, yeah, I know, but you're really good at this stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like, you need what? a manager. That is a standard sentence. You're really good at that kind of thing or you're, or I'm not as good at that stuff as you are. Yes. Not really. <laughs> no, it's just that like if I don't do it, it doesn't get done and it just like sits there. So eventually I do it because, and also it annoys me more than him. Yeah. Like at the moment he's got a desk and two chairs and the mics that we are currently holding in your house mm. plugged in and that is his entire studio. <laughs> he doesn't have his TV in there. There is still no internet in there. Mm-hmm. Nothing is set up and he's like, he's like, ugh. He's just perpetually – he said to me whenever we've moved into a new place, well, now that I've got my own room because I never had my own room when I was a kid, now that I've got my own room, I'll set it up how I like and it always just ends up being a room of garbage. <laughs> just like piles and piles of shit all over the floor, like not literal shit but like random boxes and paraphernalia and like weird, I don't even know, half opened like packets of comics just like thrown on the floor and like just and like tech cords coming out of the wazoo. Oh, the cords. Yeah, all the cords are everywhere. Mm. And he just, and he's always like, yeah, but when it's my space, it'll be different. And I'm like, okay, so we've built you an entire studio (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm just in that creative frustration phase. Um, where I feel like I have never built anything like this before and a lot is relying on me to pull it out, pull it off because he's also had surgery. Yeah. And I don't know if – do you ever feel like this? Because I – James likes to call it my manic phase mm-hmm. where I get really manic and I can't rest or sleep until a thing is done. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel I like just that? get – I get highly anxious about stuff and I tend to sort of internalise it all and then just start hyperventilating a little bit. So Goran will like like Goran will pick up on it, and it's usually he's usually like, "You look incredibly annoyed," and I'm like, "I'm fine." He's like, "Are you sure?" I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm not fine. I'm never fine. I'm no. always annoyed. No. If someone says, especially women, if someone says they're fine, they're definitely not fine. In fact, fine is code for like the apocalypse yeah, is about to happen. Much. So if the apocalypse was descending on us. I would be like, "I'm fine. I am." Fine with the zombies in my street. Like that is the level. Like if I say, oh, no, nah, I'm feeling a bit down, I'm like, I'm, actually, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not that bad. Yeah, like I it's a you. minor annoyance. What <laughs> <laughs> you're saying, I'm, especially when you do it with the I'm fine. Yes. Kind of like inflection up yeah. and like quite aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But boys do it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, he's had his. He's definitely had his share of sort of miniature tantrums this week. And that's, I think it's, I think because men and women obviously, um, well, not all the time, but then this is a huge generalisation, but tend to express their frustration in different ways. 
Like you, you have to become good at picking up on the, on the cues for it and then just giving someone space. The wonderful thing about living here now is I actually have an entire floor that I can go to because we were moving out of our apartment and we were getting stuff fixed. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> And I was like, I can't even go anywhere. I literally, unless I go sit in like the hallway or something, I go sit out in the common area, like where people are trying to get in the lift. I've got to know where I can be that is going to give you your space. So I'm just going to try and shrink down into the smallest possible space, which is virtually impossible right now, given the size that I am, and try not to get in your way. So, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I think um, there are certain things that Goran has really strong ideas about and there are certain things he doesn't care about and then he'll just say, I'll just do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, but I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to think about it. I just... no, that is the worst, isn't it, where it's like James has James goes, this is becoming like it. Let's talk about how yeah. annoying our husbands are and they're both wonderful. They are awesome. However, James, James often says, well, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Which is like, yeah, and which is code for, yeah, I just sort of don't care except that if you do it in a thing that I don't like and I will tell you later on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he doesn't know he doesn't like it until it happens. Yeah. And then he's like, I didn't really like that. I'm like, well, that's, that's what happens, mate, yeah. when you don't give an opinion. Yeah. So like even with the studio, they have to design it and like James gets like so, like he looks really irritated. He's like, oh, fine, Meso, get a pen, get some paper, let's draw this out. We've really got other things to do. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but this is the thing that you've wanted for like your whole life. And now if it doesn't look the way that you want, you'll get really mad. But you sort of are being really flippant about it because you can't visualise it because he's not good at like, he's really good at building worlds in his head Mm. and like animations and visual, Mm. you know, moving, editing, like all online stuff. But anything like in the actual physical world, Mm. like building furniture, don't get me started. Like IKEA (laughs) furniture sends him over the edge. Anything that's like actually physically in the world, he has real issues with. (laughs) So like anything online, like that's why the whole business is online. Yeah. So well, there you mm. go. You've he's clearly found. You've both clearly found that niche that works for you. Because if you were trying to do it in a physical space, you'd probably still be contemplating how you go about doing it. Yeah. As opposed to just getting on with it. But this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of things like because when you're in a creative frustration Mm. space, there are two things that I do. I either Mm -hmm. avoid, Mm -hmm. which generally is eating food. I watch a lot of Netflix. Yeah. I'm doing that a lot this week. Because you can kind of like turn your brain mm. off a bit. Yeah, even reading doesn't really do it for me. No. It's like TV. It's yeah. like a terrible – well, it's not terrible. Actually, Brene Brown said something really great and I really liked it. I saw it on her Instagram and it was just talking about how it's okay to sometimes just switch off. Like if you're having oh, a hard course. time, yeah. it's okay to just – turn your brain off for a while and check out and disconnect Mm. because you'll come back to it. But sometimes we can have FOMO where it's like fear of missing out like or fear of not getting things done immediately and there's something wrong with us or whatever and we need – and so then while you're disconnecting, you have to, but then you feel guilty Mm. about it. I think that we do put a lot of judgment on uh, and especially women tend to do this not constantly feeling like we're making a contribution to the world, like not feeling like you're being intellectually productive or creatively productive. You feel bad about it, but there has to be room in life 
for that sometimes when you're physically exhausted and um, for, and it's different things for different people, right? So for me, the worst thing that I could do if I was feeling stressed out would be to go on my phone and use social media because it just makes me hypersensitive and even more anxious. And for me, TV is the thing. And I used to cop a lot of flack from it, like from my housemates, like you watch a lot of TV. I'm like, yeah, well, you spend a lot of time on your computer so I'm not really sure what the distinction is. Like mm. that high culture, low culture well, you know, I'm not going to go get, I'm not getting stressed out and then going to see the opera. That's not, that's not <laughs> going to work for me. Like for me, sometimes a bit of TV just gives me a little bit of headspace and a bit of relaxation so I can go on to the next thing. And it does have its place. I mean, and it is, it's different things for different people. I would say the other thing I try to do is just move my body a little, even if it's just going for like a 10 minute walk or something, then I kind of feel like a freed up Mm, something I don't know something kind of unlocks and I feel a bit better yeah um Deborah Francis White from the Guilty Feminist podcast Mm. says that moving your body is the best lubricant for your mind and I really like that quote because that's what it feels like it feels like it it just unlocks you even a walk Mm. just unlocks you for a while and and at the moment um, because James has been unwell in hospital and things I haven't been able to go but I was just getting up and not forcing myself to go to the gym or go for a run or anything mm. full on. But before my son gets up, mm. just going for like a 10-minute walk around the block yeah. with the dog. Yeah. And that like just a tiny bit of time for you mm. in your day can really help unlock your sort of feeling of like tenseness. Yeah, like, I yeah. think so. The thing I've been doing that is really bad, which I've noticed, is – that I was going to, for some reason, maybe it's because I'm super stressed mm. and so, or I was super stressed with um, James in hospital and we had some major issues with our site and there was a security breach and I don't want to go into yeah. too much about it, but mm-hmm. it was just a really stressful week for mm-hmm. our company and, and it's all fine now. But I was, I can tell when I'm really stressed because I am on my phone a lot mm. and I was watching like Netflix on my phone in bed which is the worst thing for me yeah, because then right. I go to sleep and instead of my brain doing the thing it should be doing, which is relaxing, mm. I wake up anxious. I have these really insane dreams. Like I had a mm. dream where all my teeth fell out. I mean, I know that actually happened. Oh, but like, no. But it was horrible. Like I had my teeth finished and it's all fine. Yeah. But I had this really vivid dream that like all my teeth had fallen out and were cracked and broken. Oh, and that's awful. It was really vivid. Yeah. And then kind of other horrible dreams and you wake up with like sore jaw. Yeah, because you you're probably like, clenching your jaw in your yeah. sleep. Yeah. And I reckon I reckon it's down to that, like being on your phone mm. in bed. And so the t- last night I put my phone in the other room and plugged it in. Yeah, good one. And then went to sleep without my phone next to me. And it was like so great. Mm. Like I woke up just feeling rested. Yeah. And I think sometimes you get into a habit of using your phone a lot and it's almost like you need to train yourself to not do that. Mm. But I mean, look, as I said before, it's different for every person, but personally for me, the worst thing I can do when I'm stressed is to go on my phone because then I'm like, oh, here are some more things I needed that I didn't realise. I'll make another list. Yeah. Here are some more things about myself that I'm not doing. Oh Oh God. God. Isn't it bad? Mm. It's the whole, um, I don't really, I'm not a, generally a very jealous person Mm. and I don't know about you but I tend to like feel really happy for people if they're succeeding Mm. and doing well but I have noticed that with Instagram I do you do you can't help it's human nature you do compare yourself Mm. and there's recently been sort of 
people creating podcasts or doing stuff in a similar way to me that are doing so much better at it. Mm. And I was sort of, I had this big meltdown in the kitchen to James where I was like, it's still, I'm not doing enough and it's not right and everything's falling apart and blah. <laughs> everything's terrible and I'm the worst person and I haven't done enough or I'm not, you know, and yeah. I and look at the, what they're doing. And James said something else that was really great. This is James' podcast today. He just said that no interesting story or film or book or mm. life story of someone who's created something great has ever has ever gone. They're just really successful and everything worked out yeah. for them. <laughs> It's like yeah. they were born and then they were really good at the thing yeah. and then they just did the thing and they were really good at it. Everyone loved it and they died. Yeah. Like that's not how yeah. really interesting, great lives or stories happen. Yeah. You have to have all of that sort of self-doubt and frustration and And that's, misery. I think, sometimes what perpetuates you onto the next great thing, isn't it, really? Feeling like something's missing or that you need to do more and then that's how you push yourself and get there. And it's so funny you say that because everybody else, I can tell you now, everybody else that looks at you and the two of you, you and James in particular, and like seeing how you've made something out of nothing. Like you talked about a virtual like <laughs> world. Like you've created that out of nothing and in a world where we're all sort of struggling to find our own creative thing, it's very impressive. Like I think the best thing, the, the best thing a person can possibly do is like find that creative outlet and explore it in whatever f- sort of form and fashion that takes. But you guys have made it your livelihood. That's so amazing. So like you can have your meltdowns. Do that. That's fine. I'm not saying like, no, how dare you or shame on you or anything. Or are you? Shame on you, Shame Claire. on you, Claire. Um, but sometimes... You never ever, I think there's always going to be somebody that's better off than you and someone that's worse off than you in the world. Sometimes when you're feeling inadequate, maybe just think the people, think of the people that are worse off than you. <laughs> that's, that's bad advice, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> like God. a gentleman I saw at the train station today with, the, clearly hasn't cut his hair in about 20 years and was wearing like an open shirt. With gold chains. <laughs> with gold chains. Cool. I mean, look, he was living his best life you potentially. Because it's look, very cold today. Happy, to be honest. So yeah. who am I to judge? Correct. <laughs> Everyone has their own lives to lead. I know you're right. And it's incredibly self-indulgent as someone who like even just has an Australian passport mm. and lives in like a home that's got great, you know, electricity and water no. and comfort and near our family. Like we are, we're so very lucky. So it does feel really self-indulgent to be like, oh, I'm not as good as like other people <laughs> that I see in pictures on Instagram, even though their lives are probably miserable mm. too. Who knows? I can't be on Instagram right now in this the physical shape that I'm in, the physical size that I'm in. Not that I like – ever used to pay too much attention to that. But I think as I was saying to you before, when you're used to looking a certain way your entire adult life and feeling a certain way and then that all changes and it's completely out of your control, it's very unnerving. And what I don't need to see is either people that have perfect bodies or people that have had a baby and then two days later it's like they never had a baby. I'm like, oh my God. where did it go? Did they cut other stuff out? Did you book in for like a double thing, like, like a Caesar? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Can you get like a two for one discount? Yeah. <laughs> How does this work exactly? Oh, mate, that is so true. <laughs> oh, God. It's because re- it's so unrealistic. Yeah. Like Tiffany Hall, I mean, Tiff Hall, who's like a fitness trainer, she did a lot of great stuff for women, I mm. think, except now it's flipped the other way because. 
She did do. She posted a lot about mm. her and posted herself post pregnancy yeah. with just still like her pregnant tummy yeah. looking exactly and the way that you see. And she seemed so happy, like when she was interviewed about it as well. She's like, "Well, I could go and lift weights, or I could just go and hug my baby. So I'll just go do that instead." And I was like, "That's really sweet. It is. It's yeah. so beautiful. Mm. I mean, now she's like fitter than ever and is like tiny. <laughs> so I was following is. her. I started following her after that episode because I was like, she's so great and empowering, yeah. and she's all about well being. And now she's like the most muscular person in the entire." world and I'm like I think I need to unfollow you again because yeah. now you are making God me feel damn. bad about myself because she's like a year on since pregnancy and I've finally got my body back I'm like mate it's been three years I don't know I think I know what you mean though yeah I, I but see you're pregnant though and yeah. you're growing a human you look beautiful yeah. I think and 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 that's I mean it's so lovely for people to sort of be so supportive and complimentary and stuff but I think you kind of you know how you feel about stuff like we had we had our awesome friend's wedding last week. Yeah, It was so much fun, even though I've never been hotter in my entire life. And I mean physically, temperature-wise, I mean I've never sweated more in my entire life. And everyone's like, you look so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I've just like got these massive sweat patches and like my back is in agony. And I'm like, cool, I'm just going to stand here and try and look as dainty as possible. Couldn't feel any more opposite, but cool. Oh, you look beautiful. But I know because that was me three years ago at our other friend's wedding in Japan where it was 45 degrees in the shade. And I just, I ended up wearing this like ginormous moo moo long dress for some unknown reason because it's really hard to find nice pregnancy oh, formal don't wear. Don't get me started. Oh my god! And I just like literally, as each minute progressed, grew larger <laughs> in the heat. Like as I was going, even someone said that one of our other friends was like, "Who you've really got pregnant, haven't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, since we flew in yesterday, it's really here." <laughs> Yeah, I know. But you <laughs> it is hard though. How did you feel going to the wedding and everything? And- um, look, like I was yeah, I was obviously really happy to be amongst friends and I was really happy to see like our two friends. I like I have this real thing. I know that like the reception and all that stuff is really important. And it's a great part of the day. But the best thing for me is to watch, like, the two people that love each other look at each other and, like, look at how happy they are and see them make that public commitment to each other. So, like, that seals the deal for me every time. That's when you'll see me cry. Not at speeches, not at, like, anything else. It's when they do, like, the vows or when they do their vows or they sort of make that commitment. That's what I love. So... No, I loved it. I mean, I was very sweaty and I didn't have a seat for a while. And at one point... Like Goran and then our friends, um, uh, Christian and Laura. So Laura's also pregnant and she's due like a day before me. We'd found these seats and we set ourselves up in the shade. And then after the actual ceremony, the photographer's like, okay, family and friends over towards the seats. And I was like heartbroken. <laughs> and Laura's like, look at Chanel's face. <laughs> it's like you're literally <laughs> telling her the world is ending. It's like, what do you mean I won't get my seat back? I saw I just... your face. It was legitimate. <laughs> that was terrible. No one should get between you and this chair no. at this point. I totally get it. My feet were sore and I was standing and I just was standing. I didn't have any excuse. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, it was really lovely. Like I really – it was just a really lovely – this is a lovely day and a lovely evening. I just think – you don't anticipate, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, especially towards the end of your pregnancy, how incredibly uncomfortable you 
begin to feel in every position that you, you're in. So, like, standing is hard, sitting is hard, <laughs> lying down is hard. Like I said to Gwen the other night, I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting over this. Like, I don't think I could do this for too much longer. Yeah. That's, that is the things that they don't tell no. you, right? Because I remember that too. I also, for me, it took, like, I feel like my body has, like, got back to itself, like mm. I'm stronger and I've been doing a lot of kind of gym and stuff. But yeah. I think we, because of the images that we see, like yeah. you were talking about, we underestimate how much change happens and then how much you go through to make a human. And yeah. it's a massive thing to do yeah. and it's an incredible thing and you do get yourself back and your body back, but it does, it's probably underestimated how hard it is and how... yeah. Uh, I would totally agree. Well, if you compare, so, and it's not quite the same comparison, but if you compare going through a pregnancy and then like going through the labour and then the recovery from that, that's in a relatively short period of time. So let's say, say two years all up, like on a basic level, like um, after your body stops producing the hormones um, that it does during pregnancy after labour and um, maybe up until the time that you might might stop breastfeeding if that's what you choose to do. It's roughly two years, roughly. Longer for some, shorter for others. Like the, the, the next time that your body goes through or the that like that kind of change is probably um, when you go through menopause, which takes years. And also before that is when you're going through puberty, which takes like six years. And even then you feel like you're kind of going a little crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Correct. When you, and your body changes quite dramatically. But it happens over a much longer period of time and it's not that it – I think with pregnancy the expectation is that you just go back to what you were, whereas when you go through adolescence, your body changes forever. When you go through menopause, your body changes forever. So I think there's a lot of – yeah, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and, um, yeah, I think it's just it – just, it can really toy with you if you are the kind of person that I guess – believes that you have like a level of control of your mm, a physical yeah yeah that I've yeah. never thought about it before but you're so right and it's kind of scary in a way but it's also a beautiful way of looking at it yeah. that having a baby is not something that you you can ever go back to yeah. not having had no and so your body changes and it doesn't mean it in a bad way it just means it will change yeah and it's a permanent thing yeah but not not, it doesn't mean that everything changes and you can obviously be as strong as you were before and mm. all of those things, but it takes time. But, yeah, like puberty or anything in life, I guess any experience yeah. that you have, you're never going to be the same. No. Because you become a parent. Yeah. And that's such a huge life milestone. And for women particularly, there is this entire emphasis on getting your body back mm. as opposed to, and this is what Tiff Hall was saying, instead of am I getting my body back, it should be, how can I be a good mother? How can mm. I care for myself? Mm. And that is the thing because I think there's a lot of stuff about get your body back and be a good mother to your child. Mm. But I know for me I kind of forgot about the how do I look after myself, mm. not like maintain my weight but like how do I look after my heart and my head and mm. my emotional well-being because mm. I think – that that can get lost in the are you being good enough mother to your child? Are you, are you breastfeeding forever on a lily pad because that's what they need? Are you, you know, feeding them all organic 
food from I don't know that you've sourced from. You're some making everything market. from scratch from the garden yeah. vegetable patch that you've grown yourself. Exactly. So you know there's no pesticides. Yeah. In have, it. You, have you got them in a routine already? Are oh, they sleeping yeah. through the night by day two? You know all this kind of pressure that mm. I just don't think we used to have, and I do think there needs to be much more. I definitely don't think know, it used to be self-care. that way, and I also think. Um, not to discredit the efforts and the work of our parents, but I think for the most part, women had a specific role when they were when they decided to become parents, and there wasn't also a level of pressure to go and do things in the outside world. Like mm. if you did great and if you were successful, even better. But I think now it's like, yeah, but so you've had a kid, so now when you're going back to work, you know. Mm. Shouldn't you be getting back to work? Yeah. You Shouldn't know? you be getting back to work like you never had a baby, also getting your figure back mm. and like looking exactly the same yeah. as you did before and shouldn't you also be somehow being like earth mother and being perfect Correct. and like have raising a perfect child and, and all those things. I was speaking to a friend of mine who's having their second or has had their second, um, actually two different friends and I was reflecting on myself as well and the things that I wish that I had known after I had our son. And one of those is like to throw everything out the window, not physically, but like books mm. and Google and put as little pressure on yourself to be perfect or your child to sleep through the night or you to have to be like in a certain, doing a certain thing in a certain way. Yeah. Like I think I really had this idea that I would be like this perfect parent and you, you just, I mean, our son had lots of health issues as well, which made it more complicated. So, I, but I think that, um, yeah, the more that you can care for yourself and look after yourself, the better parent you'll be, right? Yeah. Because you're in a better place. And the other thing I realised is, this is going to sound horrible, but you just have to accept the fact that you probably won't sleep for a year yes. or more. I've heard this. Mm. that I sleep particularly well now, but, like, yes, I have heard that that is the case. Yeah. And I'm okay. I mean, not that I'm super happy about it, but it is kind of what it is, you know. It's a choice that we've made. And I think it all kind of works out. You go back, you eventually go back to sleep at some point. You do. My sister said the same thing. You think you'll never sleep again, but then you do. You do. I know. Like our son sleeps all the way through the night. He wakes up at like eight o'clock. It's amazing. I know. It's like a dream. I wish I slept until eight. I know. He loves sleeping. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, yeah, but I I just only say that that because for me when I went into it, I had Mm. this like naive expectation that like if I did things a certain way, Mm. then I would get a baby that slept. Oh. And it was my fault if my baby didn't sleep. Oh, yeah. Or it's my fault if my baby wasn't eating the right way or feeding the right way yeah. or blah, blah, blah. And what I've come to realise is nothing is ever your fault. No. no. <laughs> That's not true either. But, you know, like it's much more likely that you've just got a kid that you've got and you just get through it the way My that nephew, you do. Is, he's six and he self-regulates in terms of his diet. It's quite impressive. Like whereas... Like, whereas I will, like, quite happily have dinner, I'm full, but then I want sweets. If he's eaten dinner, which is not usually a very big dinner, and he's done, he's done, and you can offer him anything and he won't eat it. He's just like, not not interested. My sister used to say, yeah, um, he'll have a big breakfast and he'll have a little bit for lunch. She's like, dinner, I don't bother to try and push on him anymore. He'll have a little bit if he feels like it, but... 
I used to get guilted into feeling like, oh, he's not having his meat and three veg. And she's like, he doesn't want to eat and he's and he's fine. He's still growing, you know, he's still healthy and all those things. But um, at nighttime, he's just not a big eater at nighttime. And like all humans, we all do things differently. So why would we have an expectation that um, our children like will follow some sort of generic pattern of, I don't know, behaviour? I don't know. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It's kind of like life, isn't it? Like mm. we're all different and trying to force them into – like you want to obviously have boundaries and stuff. but Of course, In yeah. general, yeah, you don't – like there's no point trying to force them to be someone they're not or do things no. in a way that isn't going to work for them. And that's the thing like, yeah, I've learned – with my son anyway, he knows his own mind and as, and we put in lots of boundaries for him in lots of ways but mm. there are other things like around food and stuff where mm. I can see like he's sensible, he gets veggies in yeah, and stuff and yeah. that's the main thing and, yeah, you can't expect them to be a certain way. No, you know? it's definitely so not. Yeah. Well, we are coming to the end of our podcast. Oh, my goodness. I know. What is something that you are looking forward to finishing, like with the house, like is there something that you're looking forward to? Um, I think other than sort of having the nursery set up, I think I just really want to complete my bedroom because there's something, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but in our apartment I loved our space. I was so happy there and it was a really good, it was a really good formative time in my life. Like as a young adult I really, really enjoyed it and I still I look back on it fondly forever. Um, but I never quite felt like my bedroom was my sanctuary. So I want to turn my bedroom into a sanctuary, somewhere where I feel comfortable and where I want to be and feels like me, like feels like my space, which is relaxing and calming and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, we have a bed in here, which is lovely because we didn't a few days ago. <laughs> it's so nice. And it's got like a really relaxing blue ocean yeah, like yeah. bedspread. I yeah. love it. <laughs> but That's it'd awesome. be nice to just have like I want to put some nice photos up on the walls and just have a closet that has some level of order to it and have stuff packed away and then once it feels like a sanctuary I'll be happy. Yeah. What about you at the studio? Even though it's not your vision. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not my vision, but it's becoming my vision. My role in life is to look after James, Mr. Sunday Movies. That's it. And Mesa. Keep those guys chuffing along. I'm cool with that. They're cool guys. Um, I am really looking forward to getting it all set up and building the set and having it come together in the way that we want. And I want it all to be done as I always do with things I'm making right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really frustrated now that it's not done. I looked at it today and was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like why didn't we, if I'd thought about it, we could have started all of the ordering of stuff earlier and we didn't because I think I kind of thought that maybe James would do that because it's James's <laughs> studio, but he hasn't and that's cool because now I'm starting a new thing. So uh-huh. I'm going to learn how to build this thing. So, yeah, the set I think is the thing I'm looking forward to That's going to look awesome. The West. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, and also the back part is a um, pod studio which is going to be just like a blank sort of pod studio that mm-hmm. we can record in oh. and we don't have to like transport gear anywhere and it'll all be set up with and I can upload everything to Colling straight away in there and it's soundproof so it'll sound really good um, and I can record the Millennial Divide in there and 
Um, and then I'm also going to have my own office space too. Wow. I know which used in the old room where James used to record. So. A grown-up office. An actual grown-up office. I've always wanted one of those. I know. I've never actually had one ever because teachers don't get an office. They get a desk in a classroom. <laughs> so I've never had an office. So I'm going to make it my office. That's nice. Which is very exciting. So and that and sort of my arts writing space. Yeah. So that's going to be really fun. So they're the things that I'm building at the moment. Oh, wonderful. I know. So, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to all those things. Um, but now it's it's getting getting to them. <laughs> yeah. Which we will do. Yes. We'll check in. In time. Yeah. So you build your bedroom. I will. And I build a ridiculous set for YouTube <laughs> somehow. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right, bye. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, Claire Tonti, and this week with my pal, Chanel Luchev. For more podcasts like this one, go to our website, planetbroadcasting.com. You can find me on Instagram, that's where I like to tell stories, at Claire Tonti, or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. Also, you can find Chanel Luchev at Bend Yoga Melbourne, and this episode was edited by a wonderful editor, Raw Collings. We have a newsletter, so sign up to find out more about great Australian pods like this one. You can do that at our website. And we also have a Planet Broadcasting Facebook group if you want to head over and join that one too. All right, that's it from me this week. Remember, fear is a pal that you don't need to let sit in your driver's seat. So be kind to fear, then go and create with love. Have some fun. Don't take it too seriously. All right, talk to you next week. Bye.